You are tuned into the Fantasy Wire HQ Quick Cast. We're a proud member of the Full Time Fantasy Network. Check them out online at fulltimefantasy.com. Thanks for jumping on today. I'm your host, Frank B. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasyWireHQ. Bookmark the website at fantasywirehq.com. I appreciate you listening and be sure to subscribe to wherever you are listening on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Give it a share, download, review. Let me know what you want to hear. If you are on Anchor, you can leave a voicemail as well. But hey, welcome to the show. It is post draft episode. I got to hear that chime one more time just because, I mean, it's over. We waited, the excitement built, our our one normality in sports arrived, it delivered. I thought it was really well done and turned out good. No crazy issues or technical problems or dick pics on the screen or whatever you're were curious of what could derail it, but I thought it went off went off really good, no big issues. And now that we're past this draft, what what's next, right? What am I looking forward to as a sports fan? I had to ask Dwight so I could get some kind of answer here. Be assured, this day will come. It's just a matter of time. Could be one month, could be two months. Three months. Could be. Four months. I can see that happening. Yes. Eight months. That's a realistic timeline. Eleven months. Perhaps. Okay, wait. Now really think hard about this one. One year. I could see that as a very real possibility. 494 months. Well, as you can see, it could stretch out quite a while. But for today, let's check out the Ravens draft. I wanted to get into this a bit, break it down from a fantasy perspective. And just as a fan, I'm shooting off the hip here, random thoughts and whatnot. But for the Ravens picks, I really, really liked three for fantasy. J.K. Dobbins, obviously, Devin DuVernay and James Prochet. Looking at these guys for fantasy purposes, starting with J.K. Dobbins, I think just a projection-wise, you could look at him at 70 to 80 carries, 350-plus for yardage, a couple touchdowns. He's definitely going to get some targets out of the backfield, maybe 15 to 25, 100 to 200 and some yards. Um, It's hard to say where it's going to play out with Gus Edwards in the backfield, but fantasy purposes, dynasty, you love it because the future's bright. The Ravens are the the epitome of ground and pound offense. So you got to like it there. Mark Ingram's 30, 31. I love Ingram. Huge fan. He's not going to be the workhorse for the Ravens forever, right? So there's got to be some kind of succession behind him. I think Dobbins is better than Gus Edwards. I think Gus Edwards got the job done without a doubt last season. Struggled a bit against the Titans game, but um, you got to look for Dobbins to play the backup role at some point, get mixed in. He's he's too talented not to get him out there in some kind of package or some kind of play. So as a curious pick for fantasy, I think he's I think he's more up for dynasty right now. And like I said, it's not like Edwards wasn't getting the job done, so they're still going to continue to use him. Fantasy-wise, I'm I'm thinking Dobbins gets picked around the 75th, 85th spots in like dynasty formats. I think he's a year away from being a big factor, but he's a first-round choice, absolutely, in rookie-only drafts. Uh, redraft, you're going to look for him as like a ninth-rounder, maybe. You're definitely going to handcuff him to Ingram, so I'd, I'd take it for what it's worth there. And then wide receiver Devin DuVernay. 
Initial projections there, I don't know, 20, 30 targets, 250 to 300 for yardage, a touchdown. It's hard to say because we didn't see a consistent Ravens passing attack. Like at the top, you know, that's not what they do. That's not how they roll. It's ground and pound. It's on the run. A lot of different looks there. They're going to have to diversify and get into the passing game, right? I love the speed that they're building on offense. The receivers, this guy ran a 4-3. He's got run after the catch abilities, running out of the slot. He's got double moves. He's a big play type guy. He hits guys he wants to hit. He gets, he'll take a hit. His highlights look pretty crazy. I think he's going to compete for playing time with Willie Sneed. Maybe he doesn't take him over until 2021, but fantasy-wise, you'd eyeball him in like round three in a rookie-only draft, three or four. I'd expect every, you know, someone in every league is going to target him by, say, late round second, early third maybe, because you look at him and you're like, this guy's got to be a big stat machine, right? He's got to just rack it up to be a slot guy, little stuff over the middle, make some plays after the catch, yardage. I think he could turn some some nice stats in on the Ravens offense. And then James Prochet, I don't know how long anybody's been watching NFL, but when I look at this guy and I looked at his highlight, he reminded me of like Terry Glenn, old school Terry Glenn, little guy, but damn, was he just... He was strong as hell. Reliable hands. When you looked at the tape, he was contested on like every throw. The guy, every corner seemed to be just jamming him, staying with him, trying to reroute him. And I thought, this guy is still making these crazy catches. Look at his stats. I mean, he amassed almost 4,000 receiving yards at SMU. Freshman year, 57 catches for 709. Um Sophomore year, he comes back. Where am I at here? I apologize. What is going on with my connection here? Okay. Sophomore year, he comes back. 40 catches for 816. Six touchdowns in both freshman and sophomore seasons. Junior season, 93 receptions for 1199. 12 TDs. Senior season, 111 catches. 1225. 15 TDs. I mean, geez, that that's primo production there and that's another guy you know working out of the slot coming underneath whatever you want to do with him he's going to make yards after the catch and he's got the speed to get away from people so I definitely definitely like that pick quite a bit for fantasy and then IDP if you're rolling defense obviously you're going to go queen is a stud there they're going to plug him in at middle linebacker and uh whether it's an all the time whether it's packages We'll see how that shakes out. But on to the real life. Let's get to the real life draft here. Real life NFL. And just from a fan perspective, like I said, this is me, casual conversation, shooting off the hip. I love the draft as a whole. I love what the Ravens did. And I love the vision that they had for what they want to do as a team to get over the hump. They were one game away. I was at that game against the Titans, and it was a heartbreaker, man. I I. I stayed at that railing watching the game the whole time start to finish and it was just it was awesome experience but that was a tough one. I've been to Lambeau Field when they lost against the Niners and Colin Kaepernick ran all all over the damn field. Similar feeling, it hurts. But when I look at the Ravens, they're a team that wants to get back and they're determined to get back and this draft is without a doubt proof that they will get back. So they take Queen off the board Middle linebacker, they really never filled out, you know, losing Ray Lewis and Mosley. 
They put in binds and fort, and they did fine. But with Queen, I love his speed, 4-5 speed. I think he was like third or fourth, I want to say fourth, fastest among the linebackers at the Combine. Um, LSU National Championship team. The guy knows what it, what it takes to get it done. I love what he's going to do and his potential in the Ravens' defense. Wink can scheme him up into a lot of different things. Packages, blitzes, it won't have to be relied on, you know, upon Judon to get the job done like this past season. So I love Queen as a pick. Going to the next pick with Dobbins. We talked about him for fantasy. Love that pick as well. Mark Ingram's not getting any younger. He's not going to be a workhorse back forever. Plugging Dobbins in. He can take it to the next level. He's elite talent. Rushed for, uh, I think he had the Ohio State record for like 2,000 some rushing yards last season. So excellent pick there. Jump back to defense. Defensive tackle, Justin Matabuki. That was another guy that I thought was kind of a steal of the draft because he, I want to say he ranked behind Derek Brown and Kinlaw, and they went in like the top 15. So he slid, the Ravens picked him up, that's what they do, and uh, I think he's going to provide a good good need of interior pass rush. And when I looked at his highlights, you know, I, I heard a lot of, he's a one-gap guy, he's going to get through, and that's fine, you've got Campbell on the line, you've got, you know what I mean, there's enough disruptors on there that you he could get isolated one-on-one and, and shine. So he led Texas A&M, five and a half sacks, 51 pressures the last two seasons, most by a defensive tackle slash nose tackle in FBS. I love that pick. I can't wait to see what he does on the field. Next up, Devin Duvernay. We talked about him. Excellent addition to the receiver group. Malik Harrison, back to the linebacker, Ohio State. The Ravens are addressing that defensive front. I mean, they're it's the second time they've drafted three front seven players in the first three rounds. And then you get Harrison on top of that. I think he's a thumper. He's a violent kind of guy, and you can line him up all over the field. So he ranked second at Ohio State in pressure percentage, trailing only Chase Young, of course. But um, 15 tackles behind the line of scrimmage, fifth most in the Big Ten. He's got some limitations in coverage. Is that anything that you you can't coach? Come on now, you can get that out of him. He can improve there. Um, I think he's going to have... Better instincts, better feel for the game as he gets acclimated to the NFL. And maybe he he makes a jump. He can kind of progress and get better as the season goes on. I think he makes an impact on special teams for sure. Jumping into the third round, they take Tyree Phillips. Big country is what they're calling him there, I think his nickname. Um, I think he's got a chance. He can compete against Ben Powers for that right guard spot, and that's kind of open, you know, after Marshall Yonda departs. So why not? Phillips was, I think that was the last pick of the third round. And from the Ravens' perspective, they believe that they can convert a college tackle to an NFL guard. He's going to play, if he could play inside, lateral mobility, side to side, is going to be less of an issue, and his power should be the strength. I think he's got like that mauling-style run game, road grader-type fit with the Ravens and what they want to do offensively. So I thought that was a good pick round four, Ben Bredesen guard, Michigan. Again, they're going to take an offensive interior lineman with back-to-back picks fourth round after they take Tyree in the third. And that's to me, that showed me how much they are committed to building the offensive line. And that's, you got to protect the franchise at all costs. 
Then you jumped around five. Broderick Washington, defensive tackle, Texas Tech. Um, this I want to say this was the pick that they got from the Vikings from the kicker, from flipping that kicker, backup kicker. The um, Washington, fourth defensive lineman added by Baltimore this season. So you got Campbell, Derek Wolf, Matabuki, and now Washington. A healthy, rotational defensive front. Kind of, it made me almost feel like the Giants Super Bowl year when they had just that nasty defensive line and they just rotate guys through there, whether it's situational, fresh legs. I mean, that if the Ravens can get into that kind of category defense, why blitz, right? Let the front four get pressure and get home. I love that pick. Um, I think he's obviously he's going to be a rotational player with uh, Brandon Williams at D-tackle. We'll see how that plays out. And then round six, James Perche. We talked about him, wide receiver, another one to stack in that group. Speed, speed, speed seems to be the theme there, and I I think it's awesome. I love the the thought of these fast guys and their ability to make plays and yardage after the catch. And it's proven. It's not a oh I guess they you know they had the production in college, and if you go back and look at it, it's legit. I think it can translate. And with Lamar Jackson. The broken plays, the scrambles, the bootleg stuff, when you get him out of the pocket, he's going to do some damage. You cannot cover these little guys for that long in the backfield. And if they break loose, if he can hit them on a broken play, every play could go to the house. Marquise Brown, Prochet, Duvernay, I like that triple threat kind of option there. And don't forget Miles Boykin. I like him in a red zone, big body receiver, jump balls. I think he can improve a lot this season. Round seven. They go safety, Geno Stone, out of Iowa. And that was their last pick. Kind of like the most underrated player, right, in the draft. But 600-plus career snaps at free safety. Stone allowed 137 yards, picking three passes off. He's got some big hitter pop to him. Uh, 74, I had to write this one down, 74.4% tackle percentage. And that ranked 55th out of 61 qualified tacklers in the Big Ten. Um, young depth at a safety where the Ravens just cut Tony Jefferson. I don't think they picked up the option on Brandon Carr. So you've got Stone in there. We'll see what he does, how well he can perform on D. But overall, to close it out, I love this draft. I thought it was excellent. I cannot wait to see how it plays out. The offseason is going to be very interesting. We'll see how that plays out in the uh, coming months hopefully we get an answer from our lovely commish goodell how awkward was that on the on the draft my god is that is was anything more forced and awkward than goodell talking to the tv and the fans booing him oh my god but until then let me know what you guys think on the ravens draft hit me up on twitter at fantasy hq let me know what you think what you expect and we will Get you on the next quick cast. Until then. Yeah, all right, this press conference is over. Go away. I no, it's over, Phil. It's over. over.